chickity china, the Chinese chicken. Oh, sorry. Coming to you from deep inside our lofty, heavily fortified bunker, located somewhere in the heart of Middle Earth, the show that doesn't shy away from tough questions or tough answers. Sit back, turn on your brain, and get ready for truth. It's a dirty job, but hey, somebody has to do it. Hey, this is the David Allen Show. We're hey. late uh, and coming to you uh, uh, live? live, 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 live and in charge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, David here. Yes. How are you? Peachy. Really? Yeah. Peachy. Uh, peachy. So last time I s- talked to you yep. on this uh, live recording thing that we have, yep. uh, I was in the Southern Command in San Antonio. Oh, were you really? Was it over Skype the last time we did this? Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. I know. That would have been... Uh, and, two, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Three. Then, well, was it three? Yeah. Oh, my. Three weeks ago. So that would have been in February. Yeah. <laughs> this is horrible. So we had a one-year anniversary, then we just dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Who cares? <laughs> Woo, good work. Yeah. That's right. We're getting arrogant. Uh, then <laughs> right, We don't need our fans. Who cares? <laughs> Forget them. Uh, then though, we had planned on doing a show two weeks ago. Yeah. I think. No, la- last week. Well, last week as well. Uh, let me two read you ago. the very in, the, the, the kind, uh, note that I received from, um, our dear friend, David here across the aisle and not that aisle, not the <laughs> political aisle so much, <laughs> but maybe so. I get this text at 7.17 in the morning on Sunday, March 5. <laughs> now, uh, for those that don't know, um, David ten, uh, has the ability and the skill to fill in in the pulpit at church on occasion. <laughs> now, some of us think that perhaps he doesn't like it uh, or just needed a way out. <laughs> so that morning, there was a scheduled uh, preaching time. And we had planned on podcasting that evening. Yep. This would have been two two weeks ago. Yep. Breaking news, everybody, right here on the David Allen Show. Uh, and we'll find out what that is right after this break. <laughs> Are you doing a no, Rachel Maddow? Right, right. <laughs> we have breaking news, everybody. Breaking. This is never before seen. Uh, first look. Breaking first look. Exclusive first look we have of this. Uh, here, here's what I got. I'm actually in the hospital right now and won't be at church or be able to podcast. And so I thought, well, that jerk, he just didn't want to be in front of people. <laughs> of course, that's then, never the case. Uh, for our me. good friend Jay and I had a conversation uh, regarding that. And we both assumed that you were just faking uh, it, faking it. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Uh, turns out you weren't. No. Nope. And then we were going to do a show the week after that, which would have been last week. And nope, not going to happen. Yep. Uh, so, uh, the question is, how are you? Me? Great. I mean, for reals. For no, reals. I'm, for reals? Mm-hmm. Um, good. Yeah, I think so. No, real good. Had a bunch of tests done. <laughs> real, real good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I did. Uh, um, yeah, I feel... So, the, the, the thought was your ticker was broken. Yes. And it wasn't. Well... They did a stress test. Oh, by what? Like putting snakes on you and like jumping out from corners at you? Uh, no. 
See, no. that that's the kind of stress they should put people <laughs> under. No, if um No, you you get on a treadmill and you oh. Well, and what they, they do is they watch you sweat. Is that the idea? They inject uh radioactive dye in you. Not the kind that they tried to inject. I into thought Roger you were glowing Stone. today a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um <clears throat> So, I mean the nice No, I'm not going to say it. Anyways, they inject that in you, and then they um, they take like a CT scan of your heart, mm-hmm. see what the normal perfusion of your heart is, and then you get on on this treadmill and you get your heart rate up to a certain point, and you well no, <clears throat> yeah, when your heart rate gets up to a certain point, they inject more dye in you, and then you have to run for you have to keep up that pace for another minute. And then so the they, idea is to see where, if how it's moving about your body or in your heart, mm. yeah. And then they do another uh, CT scan, mm. <clears throat> and the second CT scan or the the stress test came back abnormal, um, much like myself. <laughs> I was gonna say, so, there's nothing abnormal about that. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I was surprised that I had a heart, so that's 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 nice. But then they um, I thought you were made of tin. Mm-hmm. Then they, um, no, oh he has. Oh, he was the one with the heart. Was Ooh. it the Tin Man? Yeah, well, the lion needed carriage, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep, it was the Tin Man. Tin Man, he got rusty. <laughs> yeah, and then they did an angiogram. They went through my wrist right there. Oh, that's yeah. neat. And they said, um, "Well, your heart looks exactly the way it was the last time you had an angiogram." But the, an interesting point is, some people from the church came down and prayed for me, like right beforehand, and mm-hmm. people here were praying for for me, and um. Awesome. Oh, yeah. So, did they do a uh, a sonogram of your heart? An no. Echo? <clears throat> no. To see if your heart was actually working? Um, Like in what? Yeah, like, like, like the, the actual functionality of it. Like the they didn't capacity. Have. Well, the, yeah. yeah, they didn't do that. No. That's interesting. I wonder why. Um, There wasn't any blockage. So? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I get I I get a, uh, a sleep test oh no yeah you get to go sleep under the watchful eye yeah of uh what's her name judith (laughs) 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 well if i if i have like sleep apnea that could have caused some of this oh so you're like suffocating yourself yeah basically oh neat yep real fun yeah well (coughs) also also yeah I, i i get a um i get to get a colonoscopy you get to get oh yes. man yep yep just kind of crappy but um <laughs> where's my bell <laughs> nice yeah. uh, then that's just like a perk a side perk of this yeah. thing yeah. oh your heart was fouling up let's check the other end yep that's really the goal yep that's right huh i call it the uh supermodels um um diet program so <clears throat> Hence the Perrier water. <laughs> well, all the stuff that, that they give you beforehand kind of. Oh, no, I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, your colon, your colon gets, uh, you know. Uh, you know <laughs> yes, thanks. Cleaned out. Uh, so, everybody, <laughs> um, <laughs> for all of you that really care, <clears throat> yeah. Well, you don't want to talk about a colonoscopy. I'm okay. I, don't, I mean, <clears throat> I, sure, let's do it, yeah. So, when do you no. do this? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we can change the subject. <laughs> Good. <Yeah. laughs>
This is City of Hope by Journey. Wow, I don't... This is? This is uh, one of their more recent versions with their new Filipino frontman. Okay. Is this just instrumental? Or oh, no. are they actually going to sing? Wait for it. That Filipino guy is awesome. Go, man, go. So if any of you have been paying attention to the news lately, um, MSNBC is not typically uh, viewed as, or highly viewed uh, as far as viewership. Apparently since the uh, birth, uh, the uh, coronation, confirmation of uh, Trump. Coronation? Coronation. (laughs) Uh, Is that a slip? No. No. I think uh, her show, Rachel Maddow, Maddow, however you want to say it. Um, Although funny enough, and I think I have the clip later, um, uh, a Democrat was on talking to her and ended the interview. <laughs> this guy to her, Rachel Maddow. Thank you, sir. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, she had a scoop last week. Or th- yeah, this this last week. A scoop, scoop. scoop. Um, uh, who was his name? Who uh, who was the guy? J.K. Johnston, I think, was the guy. Uh, reporter, Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. Um, investigative journalist um, who had acquired somehow, someone gave him uh, two pages of the president's tax returns from 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 this year or last year. No, no, 2005. That's a 12 years ago. Anyway. Well, yeah. uh, and she's, oh man, like talk about buildup. My goodness. So her ratings were dynamite for that night because everyone watched. Well, uh, the Prez likes Twitter. And uses it rather well. And so, learned about this and then went out on Twitter and said, Hey, this is garbage. Here's what it says. It says I made a lot of money. Ha ha ha. Good luck. It's illegal for you to have this document. Okay. So then she comes out and scoops nothing because what do you have? He made $150 million, paid 38 some million dollars in taxes. Like 25%. Something, yeah. Uh, and we don't, I mean, who, who cares? Of course, now everyone, oh, well, where did he get his money from? We, it doesn't show on there where he gets his money from. It could have come from anyone. <coughs> 
Okay. So apparently now, this um, article yesterday, 16? No, two days ago. Carlos Garcia, writing for The Blaze. The Executives Blaise. at NBC are reportedly angry for not being in the loop on Rachel Maddow's scoop on Trump's taxes that blew up in her face <laughs> and made them a laughing stock. Maddow blamed the viewers for the Fuhrer, saying what? that they exaggerated it to be something the show didn't intend. Quote, Maddow now blaming viewers for all that hype and no delivery, Fox News reported. Quoting a statement that she made to the AP, here's her statement. Because I have information about the president doesn't mean that it's necessarily a scandal. It doesn't mean that it's damning information. If other people leapt to that conclusion without me indicating that it was, well, that hype is external to what we did. Really, she's the one that hyped it. She didn't even get to the content of it for like 20 minutes into her show. Oh, we've got it coming up right after this break. <laughs> coming up. And now, now we're going to talk about what we're going to come up after the next break into our last segment, the D-Block. We'll bring it. <laughs> so some Trump supporters uh, noted that the taxes were a credit to Trump's reputation, as it was speculated prior to the revelation that he wouldn't release taxes because he paid very little. Maddow's story showed that he paid much more than many expected, even exceeding the tax rate paid by his political opponents, including Bernie Sanders. Ooh. I don't really care, Maddow added. It is funny to me that a president would spend this much energy and political capital to keep secret his finances and his taxes specifically and simultaneously would want to brag about how much money he made. If that's really what he wants the story to be, he can release all of his taxes and we can all glory in his immense wealth. What an arrogant, arrogant woman. Did you see uh, Stephen Colbert? No. Col I don't watch him. Well, he, he did. Colbert. Yeah, he actually <coughs> he mocked her. He did a really? two-minute segment. Look up uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, jo um, Rat Rachel Maddow joke. It's like two minutes long. You got to play it. <clears throat> Even dressed in a blue blazer like... Like she does. Like she does. <clears throat> this is the Hollywood Reporter. <clears throat> Stephen Colbert brutally mocks Rachel Maddow's lengthy Trump tax form tease. Yeah, that was it. Her tease was outrageous. I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I hold in my hand <laughs> something very significant. It is a joke. <laughs> a joke... <laughs> that we have confirmed has been heard by Donald Trump. We believe this is the first time any joke connected with Donald Trump has been released. This is an old joke from before he was president. We've obtained this joke legally. The First Amendment gives us the right to tell this joke. This, this piece of paper I hold in my hand, the part facing me with the words that you can't see, this is the document with the joke. The joke in question why did the chicken... <laughs> but first, a word on chickens. <laughs> chickens are yes. flightless birds domesticated 3,000 years ago in Mesopotamia. They produce both meat and eggs, as well as companionship. They are eaten by people. People like Russian oligarch Dmitry Ribliobliev. Riboflavin. <laughs> Rama Lama Ding Dong. Rubble, rubble, ruh-roh. <laughs> He's a Russian. 
with confirmed ties to chickens. Right. More on that later when I discuss it with this chicken expert. Chicken with a tie on. But back to the joke. Why did the chicken cross the road? Okay, what are roads? Why do we need them? Do tax dollars pay for roads? They do. What can be a road? Is it a highway? Is it a road? Is it a track? A via? A tollway? A thoroughfare or a public way traveled by foot, cart, car, truck, bus, bicycle, and of course, other. And where is this road crossing chicken going? Mar-a-Lago? Is it going to Russia to be chicken Kiev? These are important questions I will be answering. But whether or not you're a Trump supporter, whether or not you've heard this joke before, it ought to give you pause that after all of this buildup, I still haven't gotten to the punchline. <laughs> so without further ado, break. why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> the answer right after this break. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it felt. Totally. I mean, and then she complains? Well, if my viewers, if they thought it was such a big deal, it's not my fault. Really? Tease the heck out of it like that, and then he get nothing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, the arrogance. Um, <clears throat> ooh. Yeah. Did you just did you see that? I read briefly that Saturday Night Live is going to do a live show, and it's basically a bash. Trump Are they show? all live? Well, um, that there. Anyways, the whole show supposedly special? is going to about bashing Trump. That sounds right. It's just so it's so um it's too disturbing. Here, the real Chuck you Schumer <laughs> in the words of Rush uh was on Fox uh special report with Brett Bear talking about these tax returns. What what happened over ten years? There might have been a year that he was good, but much more importantly, where's he getting all this money from? The key question I'm not is are there Russian sources, mm. and might those have, have affected or will affect President Trump? Everyone knows, contrary to Republican beliefs, has been much softer on Putin than uh, traditionally Republican candidates, presidents, senators have been, and the question is why. Everyone should know when he makes a deal with Russia, whatever it is. You don't want anyone suspecting it's done because he's got hotels. Really? Really? <sighs> so, so he's getting all of his money. Clearly from the Russians. From, from the 05. Russians. 05. Wow. <laughs> Ridiculous. Have you, have you looked at Chuck Schumer? Um, well, not all that. You tell close. me he doesn't look like Satan. Um... Go go look him up. Well, I can't. I mean, if, if I you were to stereotype Satan in a movie and okay, like, typecast him, putting it because I don't know what Satan looks like. Okay, if you were going to typecast Satan, that's the guy. <clears throat> or maybe like, if Satan was to demonically possess some. No. Okay. Yeah, I can. If see. you want an evil demonic villain, that's the guy. Yeah, I could see him. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
Um, resting demonic face, RDF. <laughs> <clears throat> that works. <laughs> so uh, on the Daily Wire has an article up. Uh, Maddow moments, the seven biggest failed media reveals of all time. Well, you got your Geraldo <laughs> number one, right? <laughs> well, Rachel's number one on this list. But oh. the media has had some rather embarrassing moments over the years in which a story has been overhyped and the big reveal is nothing, thus prompting a string of mockery from people who are annoyed that their time was raced, wasted waiting for the non-existent reveal. <laughs> yeah. Here are the seven biggest Ooh, failed be good. media reveals of all time. Do, do you remember all these? I don't know yet. Let's go okay. through them. Okay. Uh, one, Rachel Maddow revealing Trump's tax returns. Okay. As the Daily Wire, uh, let's see, Maddow was giddy as she teased on Twitter that she had obtained the president's tax returns and would reveal them on her show. Leftists were on the edge of their seats, salivating. Finally, Mike, a news story. Do you know if, if she read them before she tweeted? Or did she just hear about know. it and then tweet? Okay. Anyways, I don't know. Sorry for interrupting. It, it's, keep going. it's crazy. Keep, keep, keep going. Finally, a news story that could take down Trump, more so they thought. It turns out that the 2005 tax return that Maddow unveiled a shocking revelation. Trump had paid millions of dollars in taxes and worse, at a higher rate than Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders. All that hype was over nothing. After years of Maddow's smarmy, condescending lectures on her MSNBC program, there is a sense of justice that she has this egg on her face that people will remember for years. <laughs> Number two. Uh, Geraldo Rivera okay. in El Capone's <laughs> vault. Yeah. Rivera, Rivera I posted that. a two-hour live feature yep. from the Lexington Hotel in Chicago, Illinois, in April 1986. I don't remember this. Called The Mystery of Al Capone's Vaults. It was discovered during hotel renovations that there were, quote, walled-off subterranean chambers on the property, per the AV Club, resulting in the TV special to unearth what could be inside. The much ballyhooed special. Ballyhooed! Mostly, mostly revealed, featured Rivera discussing Capone in a glamorized manner and how the gangster would supposedly use tunnels below the hotel to escape from law enforcement. Only at the end of the, the special did the reveal occur. Officials from the IRS were poised to pounce on <laughs> any money that could have been hidden. People in the forensic fields were ready to examine any bodies hidden, but none of those were needed because only a handful of empty bottles and some dirt were discovered. The incident has long been a stain on Rivera's career. Number two, or three, uh, the Discovery Channel's Eaten Alive in 2014. I remember this. The Discovery Channel heavily promoted a program called Eaten Alive, where a man named Paul Rosoli was supposed to be eaten by an anaconda and then escape. There was just one problem. The snake wouldn't eat him. He attempted to bait the slithery reptile into swallowing him, but the snake instead just wrapped itself around him. The television staff had to rescue him from being squeezed tightly by the snake. Well, how in the world is he going to keep from getting killed? <laughs> there was th This was a pre-taped two-hour special. The viewers were not pleased that they didn't get to see someone get swallowed whole by it. And where was PETA in this whole thing? <laughs> it's a snake. I, good question. I don't remember. I mean, I 
kind of remember, but did you watch any of it? Oh, it was hyped up like crazy. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but you know, oh. you find out bits and pieces. But then uh-huh. it turns out it's a joke. And first of all, he's got this special suit on that's supposed to protect him. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> what an idiot. Ah. That's when you you wrap a video camera in a rabbit and give it to the snake. Yeah. Then we can see inside the snake. Fine, if that's what we're going for. But really, you're going to get eaten alive on purpose and, and try to get out? What, are you going to take a knife with you and cut yourself out? Then Peter would be unhappy. Okay. Number Anyways. four, the cat house for dogs prank. I don't know this. Joey Skaggs, media prankster extraordinaire, suckered the media in the 1980s by posting a cat house for dogs advertisement that purportedly showed dogs being used as prostitutes, such as Fifi the French Poodle. The media covered, <laughs> the media convert, uh, the media coverage on it, sparked by an Emmy award-winning ABC News documentary, reached the point where Skaggs was facing investigation from the American Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And the New York Attorney General, only then did Skaggs reveal that the whole stunt was an elaborate hoax. Skaggs told ABC that he pulled off such pranks to prove that the media didn't thoroughly investigate his reporting (laughs) as they didn't (laughs) want to ruin a good story. Number five, the supposed Bigfoot corpse. I remember that, I think. Uh, Well, it's been a bunch of them. An ex-prison officer and then police officer held a press conference claiming that he had found the body of Bigfoot. The press conference received a lot of media attention, but this story was also a hoax as the body was actually a Sasquatch costume. Costume. Wow. So is that how the French say it? Costume. Mm-hmm. Costume. Uh, six, the alien autopsy footage. Okay, I In 1995, that. a video circulated supposedly, supposedly showing footage from 1947 of an alien being dissected at the Roswell <clears throat> Army for Air Force Base. The site of the, un, of the supposed unidentified flying object crash... The footage called Alien Autopsy Factor Fiction was was broadcast on Fox three times to much fanfare in numerous countries, although many believed that the film was fake, which it was. They actually found out that it turned out to be... Uh, Air- What's that show? Oh, what's that show? X-Files? With- no, with uh, <laughs> Will Smith. Oh, um, oh man. <laughs> no. um, Independence? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, they didn't. But it should have been. Uh, then, seven, The Piltdown Man. In the early 1900s, there was serious hype that the evolutionary bridge between humans and apes was found. The Piltdown Man. The problem was that the evidence for the Piltdown Man's existence was nothing more than an amalgam of carefully carved and stained human and ape bones. Per Science Magazine, a hoax likely created or carried out by Charles Dawson, who first announced the discovery of the Piltdown Man. Well, they got to have something to try to prove that theory. Well, like the the uh, alien autopsy, you have people out there that are so anal retentive. If if you don't use the same scalpels that they used in the the late forties, and the same table and the same gown or whatever, you have people out there that will say, "No, no, that 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 type of scalpel was introduced in nineteen forty nine. You're saying this was in nineteen forty seven. Here's the proof. It, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, Shia LaBeouf, he was doing this um, uh, live stream thing, uh, uh, anti-Trump, uh, we are united or we're against Trump or something something to that effect. And people were uh, were pranking it. Like um, uh, Stephen um, Crowder actually did, he, 
anybody could go to the site and it was a continual live stream and okay. you could say whatever you wanted against Trump. And Steven Crowder went there and did a whole show from the site of of um Shia LaBeouf's live stream. So anyways, he 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 moved it somewhere else and then they found out where that where that was at. And then finally he moved it to place unknown and it was like a, a live stream pointed straight up into the sky. And so uh, it was representing uh, resistance against Trump or mm-hmm. whatever. Anyways, um, you had this group of people. Uh, I can't remember the name of the group. It's like a Republican group of uh, trolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And do they have long hair? Well, probably. I'm sure they hair live in their up. in their mother's mm-hmm. basement. But mm-hmm. what they did is is they. Um, they watched the live stream and they could see contrails in the sky. So then they contacted um, the FFA or whatever. They um, they were able to deduce that there was um, the contrails were somewhere over in Tennessee. No way to find them. To find them, but that's not it. They're not done yet. That's just the start. Somebody said um, uh, Shia LaBeouf was seen in. Um, I don't know, one of the big cities in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He's following you about 30 feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. Shia LaBeouf. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere! Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf He's brandishing a knife, it's Shia LaBeouf Lurking in the shadows Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf Living in the woods, Shia LaBeouf Killing for sport, Shia LaBeouf Eating all the bodies Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf So... Shia LaBeouf, they figured it's got to be somewhere by this. This no, uh, what else did they do? They did the they did the contrails. Then they also checked the weather and compared it to the weather around the United States, and they discovered it was somewhere in Tennessee. Then at night they they checked uh, the stars formations, and they zeroed it in more in um, in Tennessee. Then they heard that Shia LaBeouf was seen in this large city in in Tennessee. And what did they do? One of the things, one of the last things that they did is that they had a guy. It was like in a 30-mile square radius. Mm -hmm. They had a guy get in his car, and he drove everywhere in this 30-mile radius honking his horn. To try to hear it? (laughs) Wow. And ultimately... They 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 found it. It was in the middle of some farmer's field, out in the middle of nowhere. Is this just a treasure hunt he's doing, or is this something like he's being he, nefarious? Yeah, he was trying. He was trying to make it so that nobody could find find this uh, this this webcam, and it was in the it was in the middle of of this field. Um, and what they do? Oh, I, I think there's uh um, I think what it was is the camera was pointing up. And then there was a flag that says he will not divide oh, us. Oh yeah, or yeah, yeah, okay, yep, yep. Well, they actually went out to the flagpole and brought it down, 
and put up like a <laughs> Make Trump. America Great yeah, flag. Yeah, <laughs> and a cap up there. Awesome, okay. <laughs> so my, my point is you have people out there that will do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> How in the world would you ever think that you could, f- I mean, I would, I would, I would, uh, I think anybody who's going to try to fool people <laughs> should realize there's a lot of people living in their parents' basement who have a lot of spare time, <laughs> and they are anal enough. You seem to have lost him, but you're hopelessly lost yourself. Stranded with a murderer, you creep silently through the underbrush. Aha! In the distance, a small cottage with a light on. Hope! You move stealthily toward it, but your leg, ah, it's caught in a bear trap. Off your leg. Quiet, quiet. Me to the cottage. Quiet, quiet. Now you're on the doorstep, sitting inside. Shia LaBeouf, sharpening an axe. Shia LaBeouf, but he doesn't hear you enter. Shia LaBeouf, you're sneaking up behind me. Strangling superstar Shia LaBeouf. Fighting for your life with Shia LaBeouf. Wrestling the knife for Shia LaBeouf. You limp into the dark woods, blood oozing from your stump leg. You've beaten Shia LaBeouf. Wait, he isn't dead. Shia, surprise, there's a gun to your head. And death in his eyes, but you can do jujitsu. Body slam, superstar Shia LaBeouf. Legendary fight with Shia LaBeouf. Normal Tuesday night. His head topples to the floor, expressionless. You fall to your knees and catch your breath. You're finally safe from Shia LaBeouf. That cracks me up. <laughs> Best part of it is they did such a good job about it. I mean, oh, it's they great. Did, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Having the little kids choir. Quiet. Quiet. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Uh, um, government intervention. Yeah. We like it, right? No. We like government telling us what to do. No. Really? A Pennsylvania family thought building a hockey rink in the backyard was the solution for keeping the kids active during the winter until town officials told them to tear it down. Quote, we want a space for them to just get outside and get some exercise and kind of bring back the old school fun that we had when we were kids. Terry Beam told Fox News. Uh, This is the second winter the Beam family made a hockey rink, but it didn't sit well with South Middleton Township authorities this year. In a letter to the family, the township engineer said the rink was a violation. A drainage easement is located on your property, the letter noted. By placing objects and fences that block the water, such as the skating rink constructed on your property, the amount of storage available is reduced and the basin will not function as designed. In an appeal, Beam told the engineer that the rink was a temporary structure and he did not anticipate it would create a hazard. Quote, we have lived at this address for 14 years and have only had substantial water in that area two to three times, which was never during this time of year, 
namely the winter when it's frozen. Anyway. Fox News reached out to the township manager who said the board of supervisors held two meetings to talk about the rink, inviting the Beams. Township manager Corey Adams said the Beams were no-shows, but Terry Beam says he never received an invitation. Quote, this is from Adams, the township manager. We take stormwater management very seriously here. Adams told Fox News over the phone that township officials would be open to moving the rink to another part of the yard. It's possible that we'd have to get more information from them, he said. Beam says the current placement is the only flat surface of his lawn at the home southwest of Harrisburg. He said he will be taking it down even though his two boys are devastated. And this all because government knows best. Mm. You're going to like it. Bureaucratic follies. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. This will make you vomit. And then we'll take a break. The New York Post. Mother and daughter are becoming father and daughter. No, sorry. Mother and son. A transgender dad and daughter from Detroit are revealing their incredible journeys as they transition from mom and son. Corey Mason, 15, first told her parents that she identified as girl four years ago. Okay, okay. You're going to have to change the pronouns to what they actually are, not I, to what they are. I don't know what say. they are is the problem. It's this a, is so it was mother and son. <laughs> So, so Corey the mother is still first a told woman. his parents that he identified as a girl. Okay, there we go. Uh, but it was not until last year he learned that his mother, it's hard, his it? father, mother, uh, also struggled with his gender identity or her. Her. Uh, the pair are now leaning on each other as they transition together. The teen has chronicled their transitions on uh I'm going to say there. Everything is there. All right. The teen has chronicled their transitions on their Instagram account, and the two sat down for an interview with Australia's 60 Minutes to talk about the experience. Quote, this from Corey, I wanted to make my parents proud of who I am, but I thought that they would not like me, said about coming out as transgender. Uh, Eric Eric Mason, who used to go by Erica, so this would be the mother? Yes. Said that he, she, was emboldened by her daughter's decision, her son's decision. This is insane. Holy cow. I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. The first feeling was relief. The second was terror. Fear for what my future would hold. Fear for how my family and children would. Fear for what the rest of my life was going to look like. Uh, Eric Mason, I don't know what else to do. They has since undergone a double mastectomy. Uh, he said, she said, whatever, plans to stay together with his husband, Les, who supports his transition. What? I fell in love with the person. She was beautiful as a woman, but equally beautiful on the inside. Les Mason said, as long as Eric is happy with the appearance, Eric will be happy with what's in her brain or his brain. This is a quote. Her brain or his brain. So they clearly are confused. So so her husband is gay? Now, yeah. Right now, must be. The recent trend, recently transitioned dad of five said he regrets not coming to terms with his gender identity earlier. Really? You mean before you had all the babies? 
Yep, that's what. So he regrets <laughs> having the children. She. she. Yeah, she regrets Clearly. having children because they thwarted her from her own um, imaginary satisfaction that she will receive. The only regret I have is not being educated sooner about what transgenderism was so I could do it sooner. <clears throat> that, ladies and gentlemen, is is the insanity that we call 2017. Right? What, what's the name of that uh, XNAACP Rachel Dolan? What? Remember the lady who was white who claimed to be black? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I guess she's homeless now. No. Yeah. Supposedly, or she's like um, going to be homeless this month, supposedly. Hmm. She can't find a job. Nobody will hire her um, for anything. Well, she lied about who who she was. And she, exactly. she uh, would treat her hair so it would look Black. better. Yeah. Yep. Um, so... Uh, she was just being who she was. She was just identifying. No, who black. she is. Yeah, being who she is. Yeah, yeah there you making go. Making that hair look black. She should have done. You had to do was put it in the air. Yeah. Some, yeah. Go. Where? I don't know. Put your hands in there. Hair. Hair. Hair, hair in the hair. air. Hair. Nothing is sacred anymore. Yep. Uh, well, it doesn't surprise anybody that the left uh, says white girls cannot wear hoop earrings. And remember, this girl just got nailed for being black or faking black, faking black, right? So what they can't because that's um, appropriating black culture. culture? Clearly, because hoop earrings are only worn by black, black people. people? Uh. Wow. If Scripps College is the most racist college in the United States, then its neighbor, Pitzer, comes in a close second after a few of its students refused to room with their white peers earlier in the school year. A new controversy arose when anonymous students spray-painted the following on the free wall at Mead Hall. White girls, take off your hoops. Huh. 
When a student emailed the whole student body about what this meant, Allegria Martinez, a Pitzer College resident assistant and a member of the Latinx Student Union, wrote the following. The art was created by myself and a few other WOC, women of color, after being tired and annoyed with the reoccurring theme of white women appropriating styles. So when did white not be a color? Well, styles that belong to the black and brown folks who created the culture. The culture actually comes from a historical background of oppression and exclusion. The black and brown bodies who typically wear hooped earrings and other accessories like winged winged, winged eyeliner, gold name, plate necklaces, etc. are typically viewed as ghetto and are not taken seriously by others in their daily lives. Because of this, I see our winged eyeliner, lined lips, and big hoop earrings serving as symbols and as an everyday act of resistance, especially here at the Claremont Colleges. Meanwhile, we wonder, why should white girls be able to take part in this culture, wearing hoop earrings, just being one case of it, and be seen as cute, aesthetic, ethnic? White people have actually exploited the culture and made it into fashion. Probably a whole lot of money. Another student, Jacqueline Aguilera, followed Martinez' email with her own tirade. If you didn't create the culture as a coping mechanism for marginalization, take off those hoops. If your feminism isn't intersectional, take off those hoops. If you try to wear my culture, me culture, when the creators can no longer afford it, take off those hoops. If you are incapable of using a search engine and expect other people to educate you, take off those hoops. If you can't pronounce my name or spell it, Take off those hoops. I used those instead of your because hoops were never yours to begin with. Bam. I I mean, I I guess I wouldn't be completely uh, against um, people taking away um, things that started in a different culture. I, I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily be against it so we could give up the hoop earrings and and then we just take away from them all of their technology and <clears throat> all of their electronics okay and um electricity motor vehicles telephones Shh. air conditioning no no that was made for everybody that's not cultural that glasses, was made for everybody glasses um for the rich straight teeth um, uh, I don't know. So they can keep that. That's fine. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that would be a. I mean, if they'll stop complaining, if they'll feel better. Well, but this nothing's sacred anymore. Well, it does not surprise I, I want anyone. them to feel better. I want them to feel better. It doesn't better. surprise anyone that the left. I just think it needs to be fair, though. Says white girls can't wear hoop earrings, and that yeah. fraternities must admit women in defiance of the exceptions to Title IX and the Civil Rights Act. Nothing can logically explain an an opinion piece claiming that milk is racist. What? Is milk racist? Samantha Diaz, a staff writer (laughs) for California State University, Long Beach. Their student paper, The Daily 49er, wrote an article claiming that white supremacists and neo-Nazis are appropriating milk as a symbol of hate. 
Here's so here is what if you like hook. chocolate milk? <laughs> okay, let, all right. Is it because milk, it's white? The new symbol of hate. This from uh, the Daily Forty Nine er dot com, March thirteen two thousand and sixteen. When you think of milk, what first comes to your mind? If you're a millennial, you probably think of strong bones, got milk commercials. Or maybe eating your favorite cereal while watching cartoons on a Saturday morning. What about racism? White nationalism? <coughs> if you're having trouble finding the connection between those institutions and milk, you're not alone. You alone, with the rest of the nation, have been so accustomed to hearing the benefits of milk that you probably didn't even realize the subtle racism hidden in our health facts. It may not surprise you that the United States was founded on racism. That every institution we uphold has racist roots that are sometimes difficult to catch and even harder to fight against. This phenomenon affects our voter ID laws, state testing, and yes, even our federal dietary guidelines. But how can our health guidelines, a system meant to be built upon scientific fact alone, have racist, racist messages? Well, oh, wait, I bet you'll tell us. Where there is a deep-rooted tradition to suppress an entire race's existence, there's a way. The federal endorsement of milk in Americans' diets contributes to the problem... Oh, I know this. It's racism. By Sorry. uncritically pushing people to drink milk, despite the potential detriment it has on non-white people's health. Our current federal dietary guidelines urge people to drink three cups of milk a day, according to the 2015 to 2020 dietary guidelines for Americans. The main health benefit of milk is to guard against osteoporosis, a disease that weakens your bones, hence the stronger bones rhetoric. While this is a very practical health benefit, osteoporosis affects Africans at a significantly lower rate than it does most <laughs> Americans. <laughs> that according to an article on Mother Jones. Man. A fact-based website. <laughs> These facts about milk were brought to attention by a scientific magazine that got trickled down into the world oh. of 4chan, where the facts were distorted and exaggerated to fit a racist rhetoric for white supremacy. The online trollers decided to take their milk jugs to the public using Shia LaBeouf's social experiment live stream project, He Will Not Divide Us. For, they, Boy, we're they, are the, back around. they are the ones that, that found out that group there. Started with an F. What was the name of it? 4chan. 4chan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are the ones okay. who figured out where yeah. he was at. Well, 4chan's like a, a, a uh, an online um, social platform. Oh, is that what it more, is? It's much more anonymous. Yeah, it's crazy. There's a, yeah, yeah just bad okay. stuff, bad stuff there. Okay. Anyways. Then good, whatever. Uh, which began as a protest against President Donald Trump. The installation has since been shut down by the host the Museum of Moving Images, for being being a serious and ongoing public safety hazard. Uh, this is the basis that white, that white supremacist milk chuggers used for their bring-your-own-milk jug party using Shia LaBeouf's camera to advance their hateful message. In an effort to prove their masculinity, a dozen middle-aged white men showed up shirtless, shouting about how they need to, quote, secure the future of our diet and the future of milk drinking. One man proudly displayed the neo-Nazi tattoo while spitting milk into the live stream camera. This odd form of white supremacy also received cinematic attention through Jordan Peele's horror movie, Get Out, 
a movie that highlights racism in a post-racial America. Peel artistically addresses the new medium of hate with one of the film's most eerie scenes which shows a white woman meticulously sipping milk from a bendy straw. The scene would have gone unnoticed in the movie, but audiences were forced to notice the long, drawn-out frame of the woman taking a sip. Peel wanted people to notice. This seemingly coincidental acts of racism are backed by the way milk continues to be represented in American diets. Uh, the Mother Jones article states that not only in, is milk non-beneficial to Africans, but following the guidelines may actually be detrimental to their health. There is a strong correlation that calcium con consumption and an increased risk, risk of prostate cancer unproportionately affecting American African men. Furthermore, so it's a nefarious attempt to um, kill black people. Clearly. Well, deliberate. <clears throat> Furthermore, both black children and adults generally secrete less calcium on, their daily on a daily basis than white people, making them less dependent upon milk. Remember that this is the dietary guidelines for Americans. I want to emphasize that last word. These guidelines are for Americans. This means they should reflect the health needs of the ethnicities ethnicities that make up America, which, newsflash, isn't just white people. And since African-American community, and since the African-American community is in the U.S. is continuously rising, it seems only logical that to acknowledge that while something may be beneficial for one group of people, that may not be the case for another. These differences are now leaving the world of health and spilling into our political and social lives. Milk has now become a symbol of racial superiority for white <laughs> nationalists and neo-Nazis, claiming that their ability to process milk makes them racially superior. What? That Peel came up with the idea for the scene days before shooting began, not knowing that the release of his movie would be perfectly timed with the sudden rise of interest for milk among white supremacists is proof that the connection between milk and white supremacy is gaining visibility. Quote, the scene is just one of my favorites, Peel told the LA Times. There's no dialogue in it, just this beautiful psychotic image that gives me glee when it happens in the film. The milk scene in Get Out, along with Shia LaBeouf's livestream, turned what started out as internet trolling into yet another form of nonsensical white superiority. And while there is still, while there is a little logic to the train of thoughts involved in choosing the next inanimate face of racism, our country's health and guidelines certainly take part of the blame for this one. Until we recognize the racist roots in our own system of government and fight to remove them, we are all in part responsible for, the, responsible for the white, creamy form of racism currently taking hold in our country. Creamy. Creamy indeed. <clears throat> oh. Boy. <sighs> well. Huh. You're walking in the woods. <laughs> There's Why no not? one around and your phone is dead. Out of the corner of your eye, you spot him. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Milk. It does a white body good. <laughs> and it, 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 yeah. And a black body bad? You know, um, I could make the case, don't you think, that like whiteboards in school? Um, so then you go to black chalkboards? Writing with white because white's superior. They can white can write all over the black. Yeah, 
It used to be, and so now we're more racially. But isn't it better? Open. We have a whiteboard with black ink on it. Yeah. So it's the black is writing on the white, and that's yeah. better. Yeah. So we're, so we're more uh, diverse. Hmm. Now, um, black people are oppressing white people in the schools. <clears throat> I mean, you could take anything if you wanted to, and justify. Uh, wow. Have you ever seen bronze art? Like bronze statues? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Wall Street. There oh, is a... Ooh. Native Americans. Is that oppressing Native Americans? No. Okay. But you know, there's a bull. Like yeah. a bronze statue of a bull on yep. Wall Street in New yep. York City. Apparently, there's now a fearless girl statue that's standing like this. Oh, yes, yes. I saw that. Hands on hips, facing down the bull. Yeah. They just had a blizzard recently. Uh-oh. Yeah? Did a snowplow come in and take out the girl? On Tuesday, CNN, in its inestimable wisdom and desire to champion women's rights, actually saluted a bronze statue of a young girl for standing its ground fearlessly. Against Wall Street? Against the blizzard that hit New York. This this, this their tweet from at CNN. New York's, quote, fearless girl statue stands her ground against the Wall Street bull even in the snow. Mm. Really? That's so. But annoys, I mean, (laughs) this just annoys me. This so, but it annoys everybody, doesn't it? Speaking of snow, this from Mother Jones. Ooh, that's 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 a picture of white people oppressing the world. Snow <laughs> dropping down. It is. So that means God. No, shutting that means down. Mother things. Earth is racist. Mm. Right? Yeah. How can you argue with against that? Okay. Anyways, Mother Jones. Uh, disclaimer: This story was originally published at by Grist. And is reproduced here as part of the Climate Desk collaboration. The who? Yeah. The Climate Desk? Climate Desk collaboration. Okay. The calendar might say March, but winter isn't done yet on the East Coast. And in a year where traditional signs of spring have arrived nearly a month early, it's looking like this year's winter season will be compressed into a single day with an impending blizzard on par with historical greats. Snowstorms and cold weather traditionally bring out the science deniers. We'll never forget you, Senator Snowball. But in an atmosphere that is being fundamentally changed by human activity, every weather event is influenced by some, in some way by climate change, and this week's storm is no exception. If you live on the East Coast, you might have, be, you might have come complacent about epic snowstorms like this one. 20 inches or so doesn't seem like such a big deal when you've lived through similar storms. But looking at the data, you'll see that 20-inch storms are a relatively new phenomenon in places like New York City. For the first 100 years that meteorologists kept weather records at Central Park, from, 19, from 1869 through 1996, they recorded just two snowstorms that dumped 20 inches or more. But since 1996, counting this week's storm, there have been six. You'll find similar stats for other major East Coast cities here. Basically, we've become accustomed to something that used to be very rare. There are few reasons why this is happening, but like on land, ocean temperatures are getting warmer. 
This matters because the ocean is where nor'easters, the particular brand of coastal storm that brings the biggest snow potential, derive most of their moisture. Warmer ocean waters provide more energy to growing coastal storms and the Gulf Stream current, which carries subtropical waters northward just off the east coast, is experiencing record warmth right now. Record. Last year, two studies were published that provided evidence that basic weather Basic weather patterns over the East Coast are getting more extreme, too. As Arctic sea ice melts and modifies the behavior of the jet stream, at times the weather pattern can get stuck in a manner that provides extra cold air from the north and extra moisture from off the ocean, which is, which is what is happening more often now. This sets the stage for epic snowfalls. This week, high-resolution weather models are insistent that an intense band of very, very heavy snow will form bringing snowfall rates up to five inches per hour to New York City and New England. That's nearly nearing the upper limit of what is physically possible in our current climate. Physically possible. With just hours to go before the flakes start, flying meteorologists are running out of words to describe the impending blizzard, which is on track to dump one to two feet of snow across a wide swath of the northeast and bring winds of tropical storm force to prematurely flowering trees in parts of the mid-Atlantic. Look that up. See what, they, what actually happened this week. I guess last week in New York. The National Weather Service is ringing all available alarm bells. An experimental winter storm severity index is maxed out over New York City and warning of widespread power outages and the impossibility of travel during the height of the storm. But even they don't have much experience with a storm of this scale happening so late in the season. It just doesn't happen very often, so it's hard to tell what to expect. Perhaps the most consequential circumstance for this particular storm is that according to the plants and trees, spring is already here. The combination of flowering tree branches with tropical storm force winds and heavy, wet snow isn't a good one. Power outages could be widespread, and this year's crop of some economically important flowering trees, like the apple and cherry orchards on Long Island, could see significant damage. I mean, seriously, the Washington Cherry Blossom Festival starts Wednesday. It's crazy. We now live in a world where one of D.C.'s biggest March snowstorms and one of its earliest Cherry Blossom Festivals are happening in the same week! We're not just getting <laughs> freaky weather anymore. We're getting freak seasons. <clears throat> well, let's see. <laughs> that sounds exciting. March 13th. I guess... I'm sorry. Oh, that's better. Uh, looks Did like they, they get had... a crazy heavy like feet of snow? Uh, let me see. That would have... See, that was five days, four days ago. Yeah, huge winter storm cuts power to 100,000 across eastern U.S. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, but, but what kind of, like, huge? Do we have details, or is that, like, the pre-warning? Um, there was 18 to 24 inches of snow piling up in large swaths of Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey, but... Um, large swaths. There are high winds, 50 to 55 miles an hour. Hmm. Um...
uh, New York City, it was like four to six inches of snow, I think. Yeah, it wasn't as bad. The um, <clears throat> if it was, it, it it wouldn't matter what happens. They would show that as evidence. Oh, of, clearly, yeah. But it used to be when it's warm, or when it's cold, weather's not climate. Yeah, until it is. They, yeah, obviously they haven't yet. It would be it would be the same way if um, <clears throat> I mean you can't win because the agenda has to move forward. If if um if you're a you know a, a white person and you encounter like in a store mm-hmm. uh, somebody who's not white whatever whatever race if you look at them they might say well they're looking at them because they're looking down on them if you don't look mm-hmm. at them. Well, they're not looking at them because it's they don't not value, worth, right? Yeah, it's not worth them. If you go up you and, can't win. and say hi to them, it's oh, they're just condescending. If mm-hmm. you don't say hi, oh, you think you're better. <clears throat> so Texas has a bill, Senate Bill Six, a law that mandates public schools and public buildings allow bathroom entry based on sex reflected on one's birth certificate, not their gender identity. They will th- th- this will likely bar the state from hosting future Super Bowls if that goes into a place Good. into effect. Um, last week, that was February, the NFL was freaking out. Last week, transgender pastor S. David Wynn oh, yeah, scolded that. supporters of a transgender bathroom bill proposed in Texas called Senate Bill 6. Because, you know, that really works on people scolding them. ...who are standing behind me. And we're privileged as well uh, to hear from one of them, the Reverend S. David Wynn. One of them. One of them, right. ...in Fort Worth, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) What's her name? (laughs) S. David Wynn. Oh my gosh, I can breathe out here. W-Y-N-N. It's been a a stifling morning, and and I have to say, one of the pastors that was there invoked kind of the... Uh, He's wearing a collar. Yeah, he's, he's of part Genesis, of the Met- right? Metropolitan and, and Church, I ha- I to, which is a gay denomination. Listen, listen to this. You know, male and female, God created them. But the part that got left out was, in the beginning, God created humankind in God's image. God created them male and female. So God is transgender. <laughs> really? Hmm. Hmm. I guess if God was human being, maybe. Mm. But God isn't. God just is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talk about a twist of theology. Well, he's also a snail because God created snails. <laughs> and he's also a fish. No, but he didn't so say he created snails in his own image, in our own image. Oh, okay. That's what he's going off oh, okay. of. He created them male and female. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, I guess. I guess. Yeah. What do you say? So there's some plumbing work going on in our current facility right here. Our building. <laughs> yeah. Um, I see where this is going. <laughs> and uh, rerouting some plumbing. <laughs> uh, and there's uh, the, the guy doing the work yesterday was talking about marrying um, pieces of plumbing together. Pipe. Oh, dear. 
<laughs> oh dear. So I had to educate him on that that it doesn't mean what he thinks it means anymore. Oh. oh. So <laughs> you know, you, wow. Typically, it fits that way. So what we had, what I did is I grabbed two male pieces of pipe and said, "Now this is supposed to work." <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> it did. It <laughs> but didn't it's work. supposed to based on ba- based on the current logic. So I would like them to take this thing that you can be whatever you want it to be based on how you think. When you go to the plumbing supply store, you just buy whatever fittings you want and they'll work. Yeah. You just have to will them. And if they don't work, it's because of... Oh, they're um, bigots. Yeah. Yeah. Racist, bigot, homophobe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's right. That, 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 it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Speaking of plumbing, you know who Dave Barry is. Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> this is from 2008. Let's see if I can get through it. <laughs> okay. You turned 50. You know you're supposed to get a colonoscopy, <laughs> but you haven't. <laughs> Here are your reasons. One, you've been busy. You can probably relate to this. <laughs> Two, uh, you don't have a history of cancer in your family. <clears throat> Three, you haven't noticed any problems. And four, you don't want a doctor to stick a tube 17,000 <laughs> feet up your butt. Let's examine I these reasons one time. number four, you can just park on number four. <laughs> Let's examine these reasons. No, wait, let's not. Uh, because you and I both know that the only real reason is number four. Okay. This yep. is natural. The idea of having another human, even a medical human, becoming deeply involved in what is technically known as your behind zone <laughs> gives you the creeping willies. I know this because I am like you, except worse. I yield to nobody in the field of being a pathetic weenie medical coward. I become faint and nauseous during any or even very minor medical procedures, such as making an appointment by phone. <laughs> it's much worse when I come into physical contact with the medical profession. More than one doctor's office has a dent in the floor caused by my forehead striking it seconds after I got a shot. In 1997, when I turned 50, Everybody told me I should get a colonoscopy. I agreed that I definitely should, but not right away. By following this policy, I reached age 55 without having one. And then I did something so pathetic and embarrassing that I'm frankly ashamed to tell you about it. But here goes! What happened was, a giant 40-foot replica of a human colon came to Miami Beach. Really. It's an educational exhibit called the Colon, the Colossal Colon. And it was on a nationwide tour to promote awareness of colorectal cancer. The idea is you crawl through the colossal colon and you encounter various educational items in there, such as polyps, (laughs) cancer, and hemorrhoids the size of regulation volleyballs. (laughs) And you go, whoa, I better find out if I contain any of these. And you go get a colonoscopy. If If you are as a professional humor writer... And there's a giant colon within a 200-mile radius. You are legally obligated to go see it. So I went to Miami Beach and crawled through the colossal colon. I wrote a column about it, making tasteless colon jokes. But I also urged everyone to get one. I even, when I emerged from the colossal colon, signed a pledge stating that I would get one. But I didn't get one. I was a fraud, a hypocrite, a liar. I was particularly a member of Congress. (laughs) Five more years passed. I turned 60. And I still hadn't gotten the colonoscopy. Then, a couple of weeks ago, I got an email from my brother Sam, who is 10 years younger than I, but more mature. The email was addressed to me and my middle brother Phil. It said, quote, Dear Brothers, I went in for a routine colonoscopy and got the dreaded diagnosis, cancer. 
We're told it's early and that there's a good prognosis that they can get it all out. So fingers crossed. Knock on wood and all that. And of course, they told me to tell my siblings to get screened. I imagine you both have. Um, well, first I called Sam. He was hopeful but scared. We talked for a while, and when we hung up, I called my friend Andy Sable, a gastroenterologist, to make an appointment for a colonoscopy. A few days later in his office, Andy showed me a colored diagram of the colon, a lengthy organ that appears to have to go all over the place, at one point passing briefly through Minneapolis. And then Andy explained the colonoscopy procedure to me in a thorough, reassuring, and patient manner. I nodded thoughtfully, but I didn't really hear anything he said because my brain was shrieking, quote, he's going to stick a tube 17,000 feet up your butt. I left Andy's office with some written instructions and a prescription for a product called Movi Prep, which comes in a box large enough to hold a microwave oven. I will discuss Movi Prep in detail later, but for now, suffice it to say that we must never allow it to fall into the hands of America's enemies. I spent the next several days productively sitting around being nervous. And then on the day before my colonoscopy, I began my preparation. In accordance with my instructions, I didn't eat any solid food that day. All I had was chicken broth, which is basically water, only with less flavor. And then in the evening, I took the movie prep. Movie prep. You mix two packets of powder together in a one liter plastic jug, and then you fill it with lukewarm water. For those unfamiliar with the metric system, a liter... <laughs> It's about 32 gallons. <laughs> and then you have to drink the whole jug. This takes about an hour because Movi Prep tastes, and here I'm being kind, <laughs> like a mixture of goat spit and urinal cleanser with just a hint of lemon. The instructions for Movi Prep, clearly written by somebody with a great sense of humor, state that after you drink it, a loose, watery bowel movement may result. This is the kind of like saying that after you jump off <laughs> after you jump off your roof, you may experience contact with the ground. <laughs> uh, Movi prep is a nuclear <laughs> laxative. <laughs> I don't want to be too graphic here, but have you ever seen a space shuttle launch? <laughs> this is pretty much <laughs> the Movi prep experience. <laughs> With you as the shuttle. <laughs> there are times when you wish the commode <laughs> had a seatbelt. <laughs> you spend several hours pretty much confined. <laughs> confined to the bathroom. You eliminate everything. And then when you figure you must be totally empty, you have to drink another liter of Movi Prep. As which, at which point, as far as I can tell, your bowels travel into the future. <laughs> <laughs> and start eliminating food that you have not yet eaten. After, after an action-packed evening, I finally got to sleep. <laughs> the next morning, my wife drove me to the clinic, and I was very nervous. Not only was I worried about the procedure, but I had been experiencing cases... <laughs> Occasional return bouts of Movi Prep. I was thinking, uh, how do you apologize to a friend uh, for having a problem? Flowers, flowers would not be enough. At the clinic, I had to sign many forms acknowledging that I understand 
understood and totally agreed with whatever the hell the form said. Uh, then they led me to the room full of other colonoscopy people where I went inside a little curtain space and took off my clothes and put on one of those hospital garments designed by sadist perverts. The kind that when you put it on makes you feel even more naked than when you were actually naked. And then a nurse named Eddie put a little needle in a vein in my left hand. Ordinarily, I would have fainted, but Eddie was very good. And I was already lying down. Eddie also told me that some people put vodka in their movie prep. At first, I was ticked off that I hadn't thought of this, but then I pondered what would happen if you got yourself too tipsy to make it to the bathroom. So you were staggering about in full fire hose mode. You would have no choice but to burn your house. <laughs> when everything was ready, Eddie wheeled me into the procedure room, where Andy was waiting with a nurse and an anesthesiologist. I did not see the 17,000-foot tube, but I knew Andy had it hidden around there somewhere. I was seriously nervous at this point. Andy had me roll over on my left side, and the anesthesiologist began hooking something up to the needle in my hand. There was music playing in the room, and I realized that the song was Dancing Queen by ABBA. I remarked that Andy to Andy that of all the songs that could be playing during this particular procedure, Dancing Queen was a, was, had to be the least appropriate you want me to turn it up andy said from somewhere behind me ha ha i said and then it was time the moment i had been dreading for more than a decade if you are squeamish prepare yourself because i'm going to tell you in explicit detail exactly what it was like i have no idea really i slept through it one moment abba was shrieking dancing queen feel the beat from the tambourine and the next moment i was back in the other room waking up in a very mellow mood Andy was looking down at me and asking me how i felt i felt excellent I felt even more excellent when Andy told me that it was all over and that my colon had passed with flying colors. I have never been prouder of an internal organ, but my point is this. In addition to being a pathetic medical weenie, I was a complete moron. For more than a decade, I avoided getting a procedure that was easy, essentially nothing. There was no pain and except for the movie prep, no discomfort. I was risking my life for nothing. If my brother Sam had been as stupid as I... If, when he turned 50, he had ignored all the medical advice and avoided getting screened, he still would have had cancer. He just wouldn't have known. And by the time he did, though, by the time he felt symptoms, his situation would have been much, much serious. But because he, has, has, because he was a grown-up, the doctors caught the cancer early, and they operated and took it out. Sam is now recovering and eating what he describes as really, really boring food. His prognosis is good. And everybody is optimistic. Fingers crossed, knock on wood and all that. Uh, which brings me, brings us to you, Mr. or Mrs. or Miss or Mrs. Over 50 and hasn't had a colonoscopy. Here's the deal. You either have colorectal cancer or you don't. If you do, a colonoscopy will enable doctors to find it and do something about it. And if you don't have cancer, believe me, it's very reassuring to know you don't. There's no sane reason for you not to have it done. I'm so eager for you that it's to do this, then I'm going to induce you with the exclusive limited time offer. If you, after reading this, get one, let me know by sending a self-addressed stamped envelope to Dave Barry Colonoscopy Inducement. <laughs> I will send you back a certificate signed by me and suitable for framing if you don't mind framing a cheesy gift certificate or certificate stating that you are a grown-up who got a colonoscopy. But even if you don't want this inducement, please get one. If I can do it, you can. Be sure to stress 
that you want the non-ABBA version. <laughs> I would bet a lot of money that that was paid advertisement by the ACA. Mm. The no uh, American Medical Association AMA mm-hmm. had to be. Hmm. Did you see that uh, Snoop Dogg shot Trump? Uh, uh, sorry, an effigy or a, a, a model of Trump? Yes. A lookalike? Yes. That's neat. Can you imagine had that happened to Obama? Yeah. That would have well, worked out. Yeah, but uh, what kind of artist would be the the equivalent of a white artist doing it to Obama? Like who? I can't even imagine. It would have to be some like wh- white nationalist. I mean, there is a genre of, like, uh, white supremacist, like, thrash metal and, and stuff like that. It would, I guess it would have to be something like that, right? Probably. And the response would, wouldn't be as tepid <clears throat> as this. <laughs> um, that's an understatement. Yes. Yep. David, that's an understatement. So you're saying that's an understatement? Mm-hmm. I um I think if anybody's watching, um what you are seeing is the rampant hypocrisy of the progressive left on every side and everything that they're doing right now, they are so hypocritical, it's uh it's breathtaking. <clears throat> In Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, oh, uh, was it a week ago that we, a week and a half ago that we had a day without a woman, right? What? Like we had a day day without woman was the their protest. Women were going to quit doing their jobs for a day. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, what? <laughs> what? Oh, your, your town didn't fall apart? I'm not saying nothing. What happened? Uh, well, a, the in Tallahassee, the Tallahassee punk scene is reportedly holding strong in its support of the rights of women and gender-oppressed persons everywhere by participating in the Day Without Woman strike for the 876th consecutive day. On, yeah, oh yeah, the Woman's March thing. Uh, that's just a quote. That's definitely where all the chicks were, said promoter Stevie Scoburn, uh, referring to a basement show he held last night. Quote, they must do those things all the time, now that I think about it. Uh, Wednesday's protests brought together women striking from paid and unpaid labor in economic solidarity with fellow women, trans, and gender-oppressed people to highlight the important role they play in the local and global economies. Uh, yeah, that sounds awesome, said Chopper, the frontman, uh, sorry, Chopper, the band, whose frontman, Evan Dillinger, um, our, our band is totally into all that kind of stuff. Our drummer Dave has was actually just in touch with this dude Ryan from Syracuse uh, about making some of those women symbol patches for our merch table. Uh, we just really want to show how much we love the idea of supporting women. Plus, um, Ryan takes PayPal, which is super convenient. In an effort to keep the momentum going... Some in Tallahassee plan to, quote, continue raising awareness about women by throwing a benefit show later this evening, which will explicitly feature no female musicians, 
promoters or most likely attendees in solidarity with the protest. Quote, you want to know what the crazy thing is? It wasn't even that hard to plan. We just booked a show like we, we normally do, and it just ended up that way. I guess you could say we're kind of like pioneers of the women's protest thing in a way. Many in the scene promised to continue to push for gender equality by hosting additional shows featuring no women on the bill. Um, not having women around is something we've been doing since pretty much forever. We promise to work really hard to keep it that way, said Dillinger, you know, for the cause or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is real news courtesy thehardtimes.net. <clears throat> I went on to the onion to look oh at. Well, oh sorry, yeah, this fake news, everybody <laughs> <laughs> I went on to the onion to look uh to see if there was any funny um headlines, and uh the onion is run by obviously very progressive left mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. I didn't have any. There, I mean, there was nothing oh, in there no, making nothing fun good. of the hypocrisy of the left. I mean, Stephen Colbert, Colbert. Uh, I mean, you got to kind of give him kudos for mocking Rachel Maddow. Um, well, it, I mean, it, but it was so it, easy. If you don't right. So that was easy. like served up to them on a silver it, platter. Yeah. Uh, the official Twitter account of Malik Obama, who is Barry's brother. This is like verified, verified account. Okay. On. Did he vote for Trump? Yes. He had. There it is. Oh, uh, what day is this? March 9, 17. Uh, he posted a scan. Now. A scan? A scan of, of a document. This is, okay. again, this isn't me. For anyone that cares, this is from Malik Obama's official Twitter account. And it says, Shirley, what's this? And it's a scan of a Coast Province General Hospital certificate of birth for Barack Hussein Obama II. What? So, I mean, clearly they're they're claiming it's fake, but it's a, supposedly a birth certificate that's whatever um, from Mombasa in Kenya from the doctor signed by. Um, James O.W. Angwawa, the what? attending doctor. What? Mm-hmm. What's his name? Yep. 1961. So, and then the uh, signature of the obstetrics, John Kwame Odongo. So, Barry's brother, unless he's just a, who knows? I don't know. He's pushing stuff like this, which is kind of intriguing to me. He must be torqued at his brother for not well 
His tagline on his Twitter says, Now that my brother's term has ended, I am free to declare my support for Donald J. Trump for president. Well, that's interesting. Where does he live? Does he live in Kenya? I don't know that. Because, you know, part of you, part of me thinks that as a joke, Donald Trump would hire him to some cabinet position. You know? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> like overseeing yes. Um, yes. records or something of, of mm-hmm. or birth certificates or something. <clears throat> I think that would be hilarious. Uh, Amazon.com. I think this is still live. Let's go see. <clears throat> on Amazon. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, the reasons to vote for Democrats. A comprehensive guide. A paperback edition. It's $6. It is one of the top oh, yes. selling books on yes. Amazon. Yep. So go buy it, everybody. <clears throat> reasons to vote for Democrats. It's enlightening. There are almost nearly 2,000 customer reviews. Uh, a few, <laughs> this one of the, um, <laughs> a few years ago, as I was studying for my master's degree in engineering, I had the inspiration to sit on a woman's study lecture. Never in my academic career have I been so profoundly affected. Truly, the depth of logic, critical thinking, and openness to challenging views displayed by the professor was unlike any other educator I had ever encountered. This is talking about the uh, the writer Knowles. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, it's a just chock full of of all the reasons to uh, to vote for Democrats. So check it out. Um, Donna Brazil just rolling through my feet of things. I've got so much no, stuff. I don't even know where to go. Did you uh, that last book? Did you did you read any of it of the book? Yeah, it's riveting. Okay. Do you know what it is? Yeah. Okay. That's why I want people to go buy it. <laughs> okay. Let's push that thing to the top again. Yes. Apparently, the New York Times bestseller list won't put it on there. Yes. They refuse. Really? Yeah. That's what I heard. Well, he put a lot of work into it. <laughs> yeah, Donna Brazil, it sounds like uh, she needs to make her monthly payment on her mortgage. So she's... <laughs> Sorry. In an essay written for Time Magazine. She recounts how the DNC <clears throat> was hacked during her tenure as interim chair and eventually admits guilt. When I was asked the last July to step in temporarily as DNC chair, she explained, I knew things were amiss. The DNC had been hacked, and thousands of staff emails and documents were plastered on various websites. Staff were harassed, morale suffered, and we lost weeks of planning. Donors were harassed, and fundraising fell off. Then in October, a subsequent release of emails revealed that among the many things I did in my role as a Democratic operative and DNC vice chair prior to assuming the interim DNC chair position was to share potential town hall topics with the Clinton campaign. The debate on CNN was held between Hillary Clinton and her upstart competitor, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. For the Democratic primary, Bernie lost, and when the accusations of debate cheating were discovered, his supporters ferociously, or sorry, vociferously attacked Clinton while fueling Trump's constant claims, now forgotten, that the election was rigged. Brazil admitted sending those emails was a mistake I will will forever regret. 
by stealing all the DNC's emails and then selectively releasing those few. She explained the Russians made it look like I was in the tank for Senator Clinton. Despite the strong public support I received from the top Sanders campaign, aides in the wake of those leaks, the media narrative played out just as the Russians had hoped, leaving Sanders supporters understandably angry and sowing division in our ranks. Brazil is admitting her mendacious actions in order to demand that more investigation be done into alleged Russian meddling into the election. Let me be clear, she concluded. This is not just the price of politics. This is not normal. We cannot let this stand. Our democratic process itself was attacked and harmed, and all Americans should be concerned. So it was okay to give that stuff to her because it proved what happened in all this. We proved the Russians are bad. Help! <laughs> About 30 feet back, <laughs> he gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. Shia LaBeouf. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife, it's Shia LaBeouf. Lurking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf. Living in the woods, Shia LaBeouf. Killing for sport, Shia LaBeouf. Eating all the bodies. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Now it's dark, and you seem to have lost him. But you're hopelessly lost yourself, stranded with a murderer. Stranded with a murderer. Through the underbrush. Aha! <gasps> in the distance, a small cottage with light. Oh, hope. You move stealthily toward it, but your leg. Ah! It's caught in a bear trap. Off your leg. Quiet, quiet. Let me to the cottage. Quiet, quiet. Now you're on the doorstep, sitting inside. Shia LaBeouf. Sharpening an axe. You limp into the dark woods, blood oozing from your stump leg. You've beaten Shia LaBeouf. Wait, he isn't dead. Shy surprise. Shy surprise. Let's say a normal Tuesday night. Yeah, normal Tuesday <laughs> night. <laughs> head topples to the floor, expressionless. You fall to your knees and catch your breath. You're finally safe from Shia LaBeouf. The worst part, worst part about Shia LaBeouf is how, <laughs> how much he's gone against Trump. The worst part of Shia LaBeouf, that's right. I mean, I, man, silly, I just yeah. despise celebrities who get all political. <laughs> and, and that includes on the right too. I mean, if you're going to be a, if you're going to be in entertainment, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can see, I can see, uh, you know, if you're pro-life, 
you know, come out as pro-life, but mm-hmm. like uh, stumping for a candidate. That yeah. annoys me. Hey, did you see, uh, speaking of um, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah? I don't know. Yeah. There's nice no segue. <laughs> <laughs> that Roger Stone believes he's been uh, uh, two attempted assassinations. What? Wow. One, one of them he thinks somebody tried to, I, I heard, uh, poison him with polonium. Um, How do you prove this? Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any way to prove it. But the second one, <clears throat> he was uh, being interviewed by Alex Jones, so nobody in the Main Street media is going to believe any of oh, this. Oh, no. Um, but he said his vehicle was targeted intentionally by a hit-and-run driver, hmm. um, and it T-boned him, and then the the driver then threw it in reverse and took off. And uh, um, let's see. He said, out of no nowhere, we were T-boned essentially by a late model four-door, which I'm now told was a Pontiac. He said that he was a passenger in the car and the airbags deployed on his side, preventing him from being more seriously injured. Um, What do you think about that? Uh, I don't see why. I mean, if the, some of the other reporting about him is true. Mm-hmm. That Obama was like they got Pfizer requests to look into him because they were nervous mm-hmm. about him during the campaign. Nervous? Why? I don't know. Okay. But they apparently asked for a Pfizer report to tap him and um, another. Oh, I can't remember the other guy that were kind of involved mm. or operatives. Uh huh. And I, why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason it couldn't have been the case. I think right now, <clears throat> one of the other things that I noticed. Uh, cause like at the, at the ninth hour or the, you know, the final hour of the, um, the latest executive order, um, travel ban that Trump yeah. signed, uh, a judge from Hawaii yeah. nationally, yeah. you know, stopped it across the board yep. right at the end. Yep. Uh, it sure looks like the machine is fighting is back, freaked out yeah. about him and they will do whatever it takes to stop him. Not because there's any real reason, but because um, because he's anti-machine. Oh yeah, he's not. He's not in their game. He doesn't play their game. Well, you heard there was a guy who got into the White House, got went over the fence, yeah. and he was roaming around for 17 minutes before the Secret Service <laughs> found him. Well, the, him. The, the the no agenda guys call that. Uh, they think that's deliberate. Exactly. By, by, by the um, the intelligence agencies. Yes, exactly. It's just a little, hey, heads up, we can get you. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. That's my point. Oh, yeah. And um, <clears throat> one of the, uh, a former Secret Service agent who uh, who ran for Congress, Dan, I can't remember his name. Anyways, he, he lost, but he, he commented on it and he said, Trump is not safe in the White House. Mm-hmm. This is re- absolutely ridiculous that this could even be allowed. Right. That anybody could just jump a mm-hmm. fence at the White House, even get up to the door without somebody, you know, taking them out, yeah. you know. Um, just ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it's wild, um, all the pushback that's happening. And I am convinced that it's because he doesn't play their game mm-hmm. and hasn't. And again, we, I mean, this is not a discussion whether he is the right kind of personality or what mm-hmm. right kind of person to run the country. I just love the fact that his style is totally against. And people like college kids and people that are on my face bag feed, they're all, this. he's unhinged. 
Trump is unhinged. This is outrageous. I can't believe this. He tweets on his own. He's unhinged. Really? Yeah. Maybe. A lot of the stuff he ends up saying turns out to be kind of true. Yeah. So we like it or don't, fine. But for to call him unhinged in this whole tax return thing, why couldn't that have been him just throwing a bone secretly oh, to, yeah. to to humiliate MSNBC? And now, now he's come out and called them officially fake news. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's it all likelihood this is the most calculated stuff that anyone has ever seen, and they don't like it mm-hmm. because they're playing them uh, like a fiddle. Is that what you call it? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Well, I think... Um, yeah, I think the only hope that I have in all this with with Trump mm-hmm. is that they haven't killed him yet. That there's mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. uh, coordinated enough right. in what they're doing. Yeah, just a bunch of yeah. desperate people doing things. Disparate. Yep, disparate. <clears throat> Excellent. Well, um, that's probably gonna wrap up this crazy show we have. Yeehaw. Indeed. It's fun. Shia uh, LaPoff. Uh, Shia. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, I'm uh, g- glad you're okay. Yeah. Glad you didn't croak. I'm not dead. No. I mean, as as you know, know. I, well, one of the things I did say, I asked if you were dead at one point and said, whew, I don't have to find another ho- co-host <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The podcast partner. All right. Um, this is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. If you're interested, um, any last words there? Nothing. Perfect. This is uh, just Toodles. for the record, March 18, 2017. Yeah. March yeah. is nearly over. Oh, insane. Yeah. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, we'll be back again next week, hopefully. Yep. See you later. Toodles. Microscope, but it has never.